0: So you can't be using your digital Bible because you're using your digital device to watch right now. So you need your paper Bible in your hand this morning. Praise the Lord. We're going to declare something over the word of God. Once you get Psalm 8, put your finger in it, close it up, and we're going to do our Bible confession this morning. Hallelujah. You have it. Are we ready? At home, are you ready? All right, let's go. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than my necessary food. I love it, and I am never offended. I live by it, and I prosper in whatever I do. Keep going, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Prosper in whatever I do. Repair to me the word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, and give me an inheritance among the saints in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, you may be seated here, those of you here in the sanctuary. And at home, sit down, but don't sit down on the inside. Don't sit down on the inside. You got to stay standing up on the inside. You got you to gotta let your spirit dominate today. I know how it is when you're watching from home or watching online. It's very easy to get distracted. You got something cooking on the stove and your senses, your nose is just percolating. And you got something going on, your cell phone's going off and because you, you didn't turn your notifications off. And so somebody's calling or texting, your Facebook, Instagram, sending you notifications. Turn all that stuff off. Tune in. You got to lock in. You got to go extra hard right now to tune into the word of God. All right. So we're in Psalm number eight, and uh, we're reading from verse three through verse six this morning. It says this, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Verse five, for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. Verse six, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Again, verse four, what is man that you are mindful of him? And we've been on that subject now for the last week. What is man? So today we're on part four of this teaching. What is man? What is man? Father God, thank you today for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that each person who's uh, tuned in to the word of God now and even those who are watching later on in, in the future, that their hearts are open to receive the word of God and that Father, the anointing, That's on the word and on these lips of clay would also be upon their hearts, their ears, their their eyes, their hearts to hear, to see and to perceive what you have for us today from the word of God. Let the seed of the word seep down into the soul of our hearts and produce the harvest that you've sent it to produce. We pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. All right. What is man part four? Now, those of you who have been following us for a little bit, you understand uh, a few weeks ago, the Lord showed me something at the, the last day of June, 2020. He spoke to me in a dream, and he said, do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. Do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. And I begin to tell you, preach a message about something big is coming. And the moment you say something big is coming, here comes the devil, tries to infiltrate our ministry and tries to get in and and get people all off track and off, you know, their bodies feeling bad because he knows something big is coming in your life, particularly if you've received that. I was blessed to receive a testimony yesterday. Uh, We don't know the the source of the testimony, but they uh, gave a praise report, which you can do that at home as well. Go on our website and you can give prayer requests, praise reports, because we always want to know what God's doing in your life. And so... This praise report talked about um, this, this family had received something like $9,500 in the last uh, two months, over and above their uh, regular uh, salary and income. And they talked about because, you know, we gave that word about Ben a flower, but then they talked about how I prophesied something uh, last uh, Sunday, I think it was, about something coming in three days. And they looked up, and here it was, another $1,000 came in. Uh, in that and so it's well over you know over $10,000 that's to come into their lives. You see you see You, you can't you can't look at the world. You got to have a prophetic voice Remember I preach on the prophetic voice of prosperity. You got to have a prophetic voice that doesn't Give you a report about what's happening in the world That's CNN's job. That's Fox's job to give you a report about what's happening in the world. You need a report from heaven what is God saying? And God said to me, and He gave this word for you do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. You know, there are people that are prospering right now in this time. There are people that are prospering. Apple Corporation, their, their bottom line has, has, has blown everybody in the world out of the water. Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, his, his bottom line has blown people out of the water. People are increasing. People are being, uh, becoming millionaires, multimillionaires, and billionaires in this time. And yet, God says, don't be moved by the world because they can only dream of what I have for you. Now, I prophetically declare to you that God's bringing us into large money, large territory, large work, and major responsibility. If you're at home, type that in. Large money, large territory, large work. And major responsibility. Just you might as well put in there, I receive that. (laughs) I'm receiving large money. I'm receiving large territory. I'm receiving large work. And I'm going to be handling major responsibility. But to do so, I've been telling you this. And the reason why God has us teaching on this series about what is man is because you and I need a revelation of who we are. So we'll have the capacity to listen to this, to cooperate with God. So we need great capacity to cooperate with God. God's operating. Listen to me. I don't care what you see going on on this planet. I don't, care, I don't care about who's coming up with the vaccine, and I don't care who's coming up with, you know, they, everybody's worried about, you know, 5G, and everybody's worried about, you know, uh, the, whatever's going to be happening with um, all the, all the uh, mask policies and all the, I mean, what, social justice, everything's in, in an upheaval, and all, everybody's concerned about that, but God's working. It's easy to see the devil working. It's easy to see what the devil's doing in the earth because that's, that's, that's present. But it only, it takes a prophetic person to look beyond that and see what God is doing in the earth. God is operating. So you and I, to cooperate with God, need to increase our capacity. So God is having us get a different, uh, 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 an upgraded picture, (laughs) Some of y'all remember the old televisions. I remember back in the day before uh, color TVs uh, came about. My kids don't believe that. But we were back in the days of black and white television when you were watching, you know, uh, Andy Griffith and, and, and the Beverly Hillbillies. It was black and white because that's all you had was black and white. And yet had, we had little televisions. And back in my house, some of y'all don't remember this at home because y'all have always been rich. But we had the big floor model television that didn't work. And a smaller television on top that did. And for us, we'd get our, our picture on one and the sound off the other. And sometimes that TV you'd have to smack the side of it, BAM! Some of y'all remember that? you had have to smack it, BAM! to get that TV to work. Then we'd have uh, a hanger, because you, you couldn't afford an uh, antenna, you had to get a hanger and twist that hanger and stick the hanger where the antenna was. Sometimes I had to put some aluminum foil on it to try to get good reception. See, these 4K high-def kids don't understand what that is. And you, we, had, we had UHF and VHF channels, and you had to try to get that UHF tuned in just right to try to get a good picture. But see, we upgraded from that to all of a sudden color televisions came out, and then we had cable boxes, and cable boxes... When the first cable boxes came out, they had a little dial you could turn, and we used to try to rig it up to get little extra channels that you weren't supposed to get. Y'all remember? Don't, don't, don't tell on yourself. We used to have the little the scrambled television channels. But you could, you could kind of turn that little dial and stick a piece of cardboard in there just right that you could kind of see a half-naked person. I'm telling on some of y'all. you got to see a half-naked person. you just, oh, okay. And then now you had the digital. Everything went digital. Right. And then you had, uh, you know, now, now we're talking about high definition cam- uh, cameras and, and televisions. And then were, we're in 4K, 4K. My wife and I finally bought a 4K TV here a few weeks ago. And it's like, wow, you see stuff you don't want to see. I didn't want to see that much into your pores. <laughs> 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 Praise God. But you know, there's already 8K out. I just saw there's a new 12K camera. See, things are moving. And what's happened is, as things move, the body of Christ can't be stuck on 8-track. We can't be stuck with rabbit ears or hangers with aluminum foil on them trying to flow with God. We've got to be in a place where we're moving on the same wavelength that God moves on. And so it requires us to enlarge our capacity. Everybody say capacity. Your, it's, it's your insides. Now, you might be 5'5", five, five, you might be 6'5", you might be 4'8". I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the inside of you because your inside is not 5'5". Five, five. Your inside is not 6'10". Your inside is not 2'7". Your inside is as big as you'll allow it to be. Glory to God. That's why we don't have to have any short man syndrome when you know who you are. That's why you, as a, if you're watching this and you're a black person, you don't have to have any kind of inferiority to anybody because you know who you are. Your skin does not determine who you are. Matter of fact, your skin is beautiful. Glory to God. But beyond that, who you are inside, knowing who you are, knowing who God made you to be is what increases your capacity to receive from God and beyond that, co-operate with God. God's looking for some joint operators so we can have, a, as they say in the military, a joint mission, a joint venture, a partnership with God. So we've got to increase our capacity. Amen. Now, the Bible verifies when Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, Paul said, now we are workers together with God. We're workers together with him. So notice we are supposed to be workers together with God. Many people spend their whole lives, their whole Christian experience talking about how, how they're going, they, they look forward to working for God. I work for God. Well, it's wonderful, but we're called beyond working for God to working with God. There's a difference between working for someone and working with someone. You see, working for someone is like this. Management, workers, employer, employees, working for. But Paul didn't say we work for God. He said we work with. Oh, this is messing up somebody's religious mind. Somebody at home, you're like, you're frustrated. What did he just say? We don't work for God. He said we work with him. We're workers with him, which means God's going to bring us up on the same level. That's why he said in Isaiah 55, he said, you got to forsake your ways and your thoughts. Your your ways and your thoughts are not my ways. They're not my thoughts. Or abandon yours because you can't work with me with those kind of thoughts. You can't work with me with those kind of ways. You can only work with me when you forsake yours and come up to my level of thinking, my level of operating. Are you hearing this today? today? All right, now, so... We can't allow, my God, we can't allow our souls to crimp our capacity. Everything processed through your soul. And you can't allow your soul to crimp the capacity of the spirit. You're designed, everybody say, I'm designed, I'm designed to function in the supernatural. If you're at home, type that in. I'm designed to function in the supernatural. I'm designed to function in the supernatural. God created me to function in the supernatural like him. How many understand God as a spirit? Put up John chapter 4, please, media. Put up John chapter 4 and verse 24. Jesus is talking to this woman at the well of Samaria. And Jesus says this to her. God God is spirit. That's all I need. God is spirit. They that worship him, those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So if you're going to worship him, you got to worship him on his level. And if you're going to work with him, come on, you got to work with him at his level. Can y'all handle this on a Sunday morning? Can you handle this in your pajamas at home? You might might need to get dressed real quick to handle what I'm teaching today. This is not a pajama lesson right here. You got to work with God. You got to shift. You might you got to change your outfit. You got to work with God, you gotta change your outfit. You gotta change your garments. He gives us a garment of salvation. Hallelujah! He gives us garments of righteousness. You know what the Bible talks about? Our garments of righteousness. Why a garment of righteousness? Because you cannot work with God without a garment of righteousness or right standing with God. Your garment of righteousness puts you on level with God. Are you saying, pastor, that I'm on the same level as God? I'm not calling you God, capital G-O-D, but you are a God, lowercase g-o-d. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Simply put, you are a child of God. And because you are a child of God, you are meant to operate with him, to function in the supernatural. But you've got to let your spirit man take control and not let your soul man drag you back down to natural operations. You got it? Now put up John chapter 3, please, media. John 3, verses 5 through 8. John 3, verses 5 through 8. Hallelujah. Because God is spirit. God is spirit. Thank God for you being black. Thank God for you being a man. Thank God for you being white. Thank God for you being a woman. Thank God for you being from Haiti. And thank God for you being, you know, from Nigeria. And thank God for you being from Antarctica and stuff like that. But God is spirit. And if you're going to function with him, you're going to get past your natural. You got to get into supernatural. God is spirit. Now, John 3, verse five and eight. Let me get to it, please. Here's what Jesus said. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he's talking to to a man named Nicodemus. He says, unless one is born of water and the what? The spirit, or better put, better, uh, who? He says, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is Spirit. spirit. So to be spirit, remember we read John 424, God is spirit. So for you to be spirit, you must be born of the spirit. That means if you're born again, you are now spirit. Oh, that's that's better than y'all let known online. Are you jumping up in your living room? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born or produced by or from the spirit is spirit, just like God. Do not marvel, verse 7, that I said to you, watch this, you must be born again. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. Now, this is, this is good. Watch verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. Y'all know that. And you hear the sound of it, but you but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. Now, let's just evaluate that so far. The wind blows where it wishes, where it wants to. The wind just blows. You can't control it. He says, and you hear the sound of it. So you'll hear it. You can hear the wind blowing. Right now, there's a tropical uh, storm or a hurricane, I guess, that's skirting the east coast of the United States, coming up Florida. Right? Supposed to be. We've I rebuked it already, send it back out into the Atlantic. But that you can't control that wind, except by the Spirit. We know we can control wind. We had Armor Girl come through here in 2017. She thought she was all big and bad, huff and puff, gonna blow our house down, and we said, "Girl, shut up." Gonna get she had to move on around and go somewhere else right so the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes now watch this Jesus says something profound here so is everyone who was born of the spirit wait a minute how many times have y'all read this verse Have you given thought of what he said? He said, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. What do you mean, so is everyone? He says, so let me me put it in context then. So everyone who is born of the Spirit blows where it wishes. Oh, boy, y'all better catch this up. So everyone born of the Spirit blows where it wishes. In other words, here's a simple thing. You cannot contain the wind. The wind blows where it wishes. Oh. Some of y'all, you're trapped right now in a neighborhood you don't want to be in or trapped in a lifestyle you don't want to be in, trapped in whatever you don't want to be in. Why? If you're born of the Spirit, you blow where you wish. Whew! Boy, I'm about to shout in here. You blow where you wish. You ought to just shout, blow, 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 blow. blow. When you're born of the Spirit, you, he says now because you're, you're spirit. I mean, we just read you're born of spirit. You are spirit. So now nothing can contain you. Come on, sir. Hallelujah. See, it doesn't matter if they say, well, we don't want black people in a certain neighborhood. No. See, you looking at black, I'm born of the spirit. Come on. Come on. I blow where I wish. Right. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Yes, we, don't, we don't want women in this certain kind of job. Woman. I might be a woman on the outside, but on the inside, I'm born of the spirit. I blow where I wish. Come on. Come on. We we don't want certain people in chopping in our high-class mall. What you mean? What you talking about? I don't care what you see on the on the outside, because on the inside, I'm born of the spirit, and I shop where I wish. Yes, Y'all better hear me. I live where I wish. I drive what I wish. I stay wherever wherever I wish. I vacation wherever I wish. I do whatever I wish. Oh, are you catching this in here? Now, at home, I don't know if y'all catching it, but in here, they, they kind of rumbling. They're like, what is this? He says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. That means nobody can control you. And nothing can contain you if you know who you are. All you're going to do is, is just hear my sound. You're going to hear my sound. There's Barry. There's Laquanda. What's that noise? Oh, what's that noise? That's Demetri. And you cannot tell where it comes from, where you come from. Oh, God's going, I'm going to prophesy right now. God's going to take you somewhere this year that people are going to be asking you, where you come from? How you get here? What right do you have to be here? What right do you have to be on this level? Oh, my God's taking you somewhere this year, and they're going to say, where you come from? And they can't tell you where you're going either. Oh my goodness! You ought to shout right now at home. You ought to shout right now in your room. Oh, I'm about to go somewhere, and they ain't gonna know what hit 'em when I get there. Where you come from, and where you think you're going? I'm going where I wish. Oh my, 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 my. Oh my, 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 my. Oh my, 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 my. Don't worry about where I came from. I come from God. I come from God. I'm born of the Spirit. I'm born from above. I come from God. Where are you going? I ain't got to tell you where I'm going. Just you just going to hear my sound. Hallelujah. I'm born of the Spirit. I'm not your ordinary person. I'm not your common human being. I've been born of the Spirit. My God. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from. That'll preach right there. I ain't ain't gotta spend much time if y'all catch that. At home, if you meditate, if if you chew on that, put the chicken down, chew on this right here. If you're born of the spirit, people will not be able to tell. Well, you See, everybody wants to know, well, you know, who, who, who's your family? Right, right. Yeah. What school did you go to? See, in this natural realm, your school means everything. What school did you graduate from? You want to get this job? You want to be in this kind of? You want to be considered an expert in this kind of field, or you want somebody to to give you, uh, you know, pay attention to you? You know, you had to have graduated from Harvard or Yale or from Cornell or from Brown or one of the Ivy League colleges, or you had to graduate one of the, you know, uh, first first five kind of schools and so forth. Oh no. no, 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 no. You 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 went to you went to Pinellas Technical College. Oh, you only you went to high school. Okay. Just, Oh, you didn't graduate high school. Well, how do you get on this level? Because I'm born of the Spirit. And you can't tell where I, who you know? Who'd you work with? Who was your hookup? Who was your connection? Who got you in the door? Nobody got me in the door, but Jesus, I'm born of the Spirit. And you can't tell where I come from, and you can't tell me where I'm going. See, when you're born of the Spirit, every door is open to you, led by the Spirit. There's no, listen to me. There's no natural cap on you anymore. Hallelujah! Oh my God! There is no glass ceiling when you're born of the Spirit. How do I know? (laughs) Y'all better catch this. People worry about a glass ceiling, you know, the glass ceiling. They say you can only rise a certain level, a certain level you know, because you're a woman or because you're a minority or because of whatever, whatever. There's no glass ceiling. Jesus, when he walked this planet as a natural man, he, uh, he walked and he had to get from place to place. But when he died and rose again, the 11 disciples were in a room locked up locked in a room and nobody could get in and nobody was going out there's no vents anybody could crawl through there's no crawl space anybody could come in through there's no crack in a wall they're locked up straightly shut up in that room and all of a sudden here comes Jesus in the room where you come from ha he born of the spirit Jesus was the first man born again from death to life. See, oh, Jesus, this is in my, my notes. But Adam, the first Adam, was the first man born again from life to death. See, Adam was born with eternal life. Adam was born with the life of God. When he sinned, he was born again from life to death. He fell down into this death cycle. That's what's got folks get all over this country, all over this world, is the death cycle. But your Bible says in Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus Christ was the first one born again from death to life. So if you are in Christ, you are a new creature, a new creation. So you're born of the spirit. Now you're like him, which means that there's no glass ceiling, no wood ceiling, no concrete ceiling. Nothing can stop you because you're just like the wind now. You can't tell where I come from and you can't tell where I'm going because I have no cap. I have now unlimited capacity potential. Unlimited capacity potential that's why God says to us do not be moved by the world they can only dream of what I have for you because the world if they're not born again and they're not they don't have unlimited capacity potential they can only go as far as their degree allows them to go they can only go as far as their connections allow them to go but when you're born of the spirit you just go where you wish. That's somebody's word this morning. You can go where you wish. You can live where you wish. You can drive what you wish. You can do what you wish. Now, I'm not talking about you doing stuff in, in the flesh and you forgetting about God and not being led by the Spirit. You must be led by the Spirit of God. But I'm talking about when he leads you, don't 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 hold back and say, no, I can't do that, God. I can't do that. I can't do that, Lord. I can't go there. No, you can do it. There's no more limits on your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I do not mean to go all that and all that this morning. That's the beauty of life. That means somebody at home must be pulling. Which one of y'all put on this anointing? Who is it? I don't know your address. Who's, who put on this anointing this morning? Somebody pulling. They, they, I know in here they pulling, boy. They pulling. Hallelujah. Now, I looked at this on, on Wednesday night. If you were watching our, our last broadcast Wednesday night, Zechariah 12, verse 1. I want to just remind you of this verse real quick. Zechariah 12, verse 1. We're about how the, the Lord, notice it says here, he stretches out the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. So God, we saw this trilogy of things he does here. He stretches out the heavens. Notice, stretches out the heavens. So when you feel like God is stretching you, it's because he wants you to be as expansive as the heavens. I didn't say expensive. I said expansive. Now, you are expensive. You're very expensive. I mean, you cost the blood of Jesus. So you are very expensive. That's why you don't let anybody treat you any kind of way. You don't You don't. You don't let anybody talk to you any kind of way because you're expensive. You got it? But your, your spirit is expansive. Remember the wind, it blows where it wishes. You can't stop the wind. So you're expansive like the heavens. Then he says, lays the foundation of the earth. Your, your spirit is as deep as the earth. Let me tell you something. I heard this just now. That's why you got to fight off Shallow. The, your soul will keep you shallow. I'm about, to, I'm about to metal. I'm about to metal. Your soul will have you worried about your eyelashes. <laughs> and it'll make you shallow. Your soul will have you worried more about how you look on the exterior than the building the capacity on the interior, on the inside of you. It'll keep you shallow. Everything about this world system is designed to keep you shallow. but he says I'm, just, I'm giving you this reference here, he lays the foundation of the earth is deep. then it says in the third part of this, in other words, these are all equal things here and forms the spirit of man within him. Now what's happened is through religion and through man's wisdom, through humanism, through Uh, carnal-mindedness. The devil has locked people into natural thinking. Okay? When God created us, I told you to function or to operate supernaturally. We're designed to operate supernaturally. Am I talking to anybody this morning? We're so used to this. We're so accustomed to to this natural way of doing everything. You, you're you born, you go to school, and you, you get your grades, and then you, then you go to college, and then uh, you get... Uh, used to be you get married and then you have kids and then you uh, finance a house and then you finance two cars and then you got to make sure you get a dog because you got a white picket fence and you got to make sure you ha- then, then you get a boat and then then, then you, you plan for your retirement and then once you retire, uh, then you got to downsize and downgrade everything because now you can't afford all that you have built up anymore and so you go on this like that. And the next generation just does the same thing, repeat it. And that's not the way God designed us to operate. He designed us to go like this, faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength, victory to victory. But we have to do that by operating in the supernatural, not the natural. Everything about us, we're designed, okay, you pay your light bill. You pay your water bill and you, know, you pay your rent or your mortgage, whatever you have, and you just do natural, natural, natural. And if you get sick, you just call a doctor. Mm. Uh-oh, I shouldn't have gone there. And if you get sick, you just go get tested. <laughs> tested for what? You know what it is? A lot. A lot. <laughs> no, I'm not picking on if you want to get tested, that's fine, but they, they're going to tell you what you already know. <laughs> and some more gonna, they're going to tell you well, you didn't you know you had this did you <laughs> you understand so um, it's, it's just natural I understand I'm not, I'm, trust me I'm not picking on anybody if you, you do whatever you want to do but don't lock yourself into that see you have to now lift yourself into a supernatural way of operating y'all got this here All right, now, go back to Psalm number eight. Hallelujah. How are we doing on time out there? Y'all good? Your greens, your greens all right? They're good? Your turkey wings, you still got time? Psalm number eight, verse three and four, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you do what? That you visit him. Remember I got on this Wednesday night about how he visits us. We saw the last Sunday about how he visits us. According to Job 7.18, he visits us every morning. Every morning. The Lord visited me this morning. Hallelujah. And he visits because we're family and we are his friends. We're friends. Now, I dealt with this Wednesday night. I don't have time to, st- to stay here. But in John 15, I showed you uh, how Jesus Christ called us friends. He says, I don't call you servants anymore, but I call you my friends. You got it? Now, I gave you this Greek word for friends, or friend. It's the Greek word philos, Strong's number 5, uh, G5384, philos, which means a friend, an associate, a companion. Isn't that good? So here's what he called us. So we're friends, we're associates, we're companions. Now, my wife and I are companions, right? We're companions. We're on the same level, right? Do you know that's how God made Adam and Eve? That God didn't make Eve lesser than Adam? Adam and Eve were made on the same level? In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. So ladies are made in God's image too and they're not on on lesser levels. Adam needed companionship. So God didn't create some sub-species for him. He created someone just like him. Got it? So a companion, which Jesus calls us his companions, which means he sees us now on his level. Oh, my goodness. Friend, associate, a companion. Then it says one of the bridegroom's friends who, on his behalf, asked the hand of the bride. That's what you do. We used to do that when we were little boys, just, you know, talk to the girl for our friend, right? That could be dangerous. That that could backfire sometimes. Get a little word in for yourself. (laughs) This is what evangelism is. You ask the hand of the bride, all right? And then you help them close the deal. You celebrate the the nuptials, the discipleship. Now, I I dealt with that Wednesday night, so you understand. This is what a friend, this is what Jesus said, when we are for him. So we are designed through evangelism to ask for the bride for him. Whenever we win someone to Christ, we're building up his bride. Right? Then we help him celebrate the nuptials and close the whole services in marriages by our discipleship. Everything we're doing to build people up, we're helping them. All right, we're going to seal the deal. Because the Bible talks about in Revelation that there's going to be one day a marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be a great marriage one day. So we're helping to get the body of Christ uh, built up and ready for that. Now, in John 3.29, John 3.29, Jesus called, or I'm sorry, John the Baptist called himself, the friend of the bridegroom. Put up John 3, 29 on the screen for me, please. John 3 and verse 29. This is John the Baptist talking. He says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom. That's the one that's getting married. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. So John's saying, I'm not the bridegroom. That's Jesus. But I'm the friend i'm I'm the best man and I help him get everything ready and it's my job uh just to prepare help pre- prepare him hold the ring and when he gets married it's my joy just to be standing there and hearing him saying I do I do any of ever you've been a best man you've been a best man and I've been a best man before and I just sit there and watch the guy and you're like <laughs> You got to laugh because you, you see when the bride comes down the aisle, little tear starts coming out. you like, oh. <laughs> don't punk out, don't punk out. Come on, come on, be strong. But, but you're happy for him. Happy for him. Because as a real friend, according to this Greek definition, you helped make all this happen. You, you, matter of fact, might have been the one that introduced them. That's why when you evangelize, you got to see yourself like that. You're, you're, you're helping your friend out. You're introducing your friend to somebody, Introdu- introducing someone new to your friend. We are workers together with him. Oh, y'all, give me, we, we might get through this next week, but we'll, I just want to keep, keep digging at this and showing you this here. All right, now, go to John 15. This is the gist of what I want to get into today in our time we have left here. John 15. Y'all hold on now. If you got to stand up at home and move around, shake yourself. Don't let your body pull you down into the natural again. Come on. John 15 and verse 16. Let's look at that, please, what Jesus said here. Jesus said, in fact, can we go back to verse 13? We got a couple extra seconds. Go back and start at verse 13. Hallelujah. I don't want to shortchange you. You need this. John 15, 13, Jesus said this greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his fellows. Fellows. His fellows. You are my fellows, my fellows. Are y'all catching this? My homeboys, my associates, my companions, my road dogs, my partners. Isn't that who you roll with? Yes. Your partners? <laughs> you are my philo's if you do whatever I command you. Now, don't forget, I'm, I'm the chief philo now. Don't get it twisted. You got to follow my instructions. Now, there's, all, there's always a head of the pack. There's always a leader in the pack. If you, if, even if you're going to get in some trouble, you're going to do some dirt. It was somebody in charge. Right? Y'all just come back, come back. Because y'all thinking about the high school and all that stuff, middle school. Y'all, some of y'all used to roll on Morgan Fitzgerald campus and all that kind of stuff. You are my fellows if you do whatever I command you. Keep going, please. No longer, now here it is, watch this. No longer, from now on, I don't call you servants. For a servant, does not know what his master is doing. So Jesus says, I'm not trying to have a master-servant relationship with you. Oh, my God. Now, I'd be happy just to be a servant. But he said, I want to go beyond a master-servant relationship with you. I didn't come here to to be your master. I came as your redeemer. The whole Bible is a story of redemption that was already done and set by God before Adam was even formed. Do y'all know that? Do you know God wasn't surprised when Adam sinned? That he already had a plan? Well, how do you know? Because the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. What? Wait, he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Now, Adam sinned after, but the lamb was already the same before, which means God already had it in his plan. Huh? 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 So the Bible, God's plan isn't a plan about master, uh, mastership and servanthood. It's about friendship. He wants to be your friend. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. I have called you fellows. I have called you companions. I have called you associates. I have called you my best men, my best women. I have called you my homeboys. I have called you, y'all don't like this, my road dogs. I have, I have called you my homies. Come on now. I have called you my fellows. We down like four flats on a Tonka truck. We, we down. We, we ride or die. Y'all don't. Are you seeing this right in here? Are you seeing that you're not on some lesser level in Jesus' eyes? He said, "The matter of fact, I lay my life down for my friends. He didn't say I laid my life down for my service. I laid my life down for my friends. That's what a friend will do. So I told people Wednesday night, y'all might have got mad. Some of y'all might have got mad. But I told you, Facebook people are not your friends. I got a thousand friends on Facebook. They're not your friends. You couldn't call them right now and ask for $100. Let alone them lay down their lives. Lay down their lives? In other words, don't kill them, kill me. Now, that's a friend. That's a philo's right there. That's a fellow. Now, that's what is, is the devil tries to perpetrate within the whole gang uh, life. Why people are so drawn to gangs is because my homeboys, we're we going to ride or die. Look, if we're we all going together, we're going we to, you know, we're going to, we're we'll going to wear our colors together. If you going in, we all going in. What's up? You came you at my homeboy? Or did you talk, talk to my homeboy girl? Did you just try to holler my homeboy girl? Bam! Bam! You know, they're, they're getting it better than the body of Christ understands it. We got to understand, this is the level of, of relationship Jesus Christ said I have with you. I don't call you servants, I call you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known, I've made known to you. Now, verse 16, Jesus says, here's a here's part I want you to get because we understand friendship, right? Now, he says this, glory to God. You did not choose me. Y'all see that? You did not choose me, but I chose you. Huh? Somebody say, I've been chosen." chosen. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, we've been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. I've been chosen. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Now, people read that and Read it like servants. Okay, y'all missed it. Go back to verse 15. Go Go back to verse 15. Verse 15. I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Now go over to verse 16, please. Verse 16. Hallelujah. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. You didn't choose to be friends with me. I chose to be friends with you. I chose you as my friends and appointed you friends that you go and bear fruit. So us bearing fruit is not as servants. Us bearing fruit is as friends. As a matter of fact, if you go back and read the earlier part of this chapter, chapter 15, he'll say, except you abide in me, you cannot bear fruit. So we got to stay friends. As long as we stay friends, you can keep on bearing fruit. And I want you to bear fruit, and I want you to bear more fruit, and I want you to bear much fruit. Glory to God. This is as friends. Now he says, I want you to go bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Are you saying this? So God will give you whatever you ask the Father in his name, in in the name of your friend you can't ask in the name of a of a master you ask in the name of your friend yes. friends in high places yes. you can't go to somebody and say oh uh hey can I can I get a um I need a million dollars I work for not I work for no who you work for doesn't carry any clout but who you're friends with Pe- listen, listen. Pe- pe- people don't name drop their bosses. Y'all, y'all y- 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 ever had about a name drop? You don't name drop bosses. Oh yeah, I work, I work for so I, I, I work, I work for Carla. I work. No, you name drop who you're friends with. Cause who you're friends with gets you clout. Somebody say I got clout. I got clout. I got clout because of who I'm friends with. So as a man. I'm friends with Jesus. If nobody else on this planet likes me, talks to me, want to be around me, I have a friend in Jesus such that I can ask the Father for whatever I want. Because I'm friends with his son. Matter of fact, I showed you Wednesday night, we're friends of God. Abraham believed God was counted him for righteousness, and Abraham was called a friend of God. Moses, God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So God speaks to us like friends. That's why he visits us every morning. Are you hearing this today? Now, again, John fifteen sixteen. I chose you as friends, appointed you as friends, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now, what is man? What is man? Now, remember what Jesus said, I made you my friends so you can produce fruit. Okay. Now, let's go back to Genesis 1, 28. Because the original order to man was to be fruitful. But when Adam fell, he fell from his friendship. Not just lost sonship; he lost friendship. So, whereas Adam was commanded according to Genesis 1.28 to be fruitful and multiply, he could not become—he could not be fruitful anymore. Oh, he had children, but that ain't what God was talking about. Y'all not talking about having children. God made that natural. I'm just talking to natural. If a man and a woman get together, naturally, something's supposed to come about. Now, a man and a man, nothing. A woman and a woman, nothing. But a man and a woman, natural. It's just natural to have children. Doesn't take anything spiritual to do that. It doesn't take an anointing to do that. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all here, y'all don't, come on, come on now. Don't, 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 don't lose it. Don't lose it. It's just natural. So when God says be fruitful and multiply, God's talking spiritual. God didn't, I mean, it's just, it's just natural. You understand this? Okay. So be fruitful. That's the first order of the day. When the blessing comes is be fruitful. But here it is, Adam lost his friendship. He cannot be fruitful. So Jesus comes in John 15 and John 16, uh, verse 16, and tells us, you didn't choose me as friends. I chose you as friends. That you should go forth and bear fruit. Y'all missed it. Y'all getting this at home? He reestablished the friendship that Adam lost. Oh, help me in here. Adam, his first order, his greatest command was to be fruitful, to produce something. Produce, watch this, like God. To produce like God, be fruitful. Produce like God. God stuck Adam in the Garden of Eden, and the rest of the planet didn't look like the Garden of Eden. Only the Garden of Eden looked like the Garden of Eden. So God said, "Be fruitful. Now take what you see and and produce it all over this planet." And I, it probably would have been. I'm just guessing. I, I, you can't prove me wrong. I can't prove I'm right. But it might have been that when you finish Earth, go to Venus, go to Mars. How he's going to do that? Well, the wind goes where it wishes. Right. On, sir. Did y'all catch me? The wind goes where it wishes. Yes. Yes, there was no physical limitation to Adam whatsoever. His command is be fruitful or produce like me. Boy, this is some, this is some, this, this is some master level teaching here. This isn't high school level, this isn't, this isn't associate's degree, this is master's level, doctorate level teaching. Are y'all getting this here this morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it says, be fruitful like me, that's Genesis 1.28, produce like me. But Adam sinned and lost that friendship, and when he lost that friendship, he lost that ability, that connection to God. So Jesus Christ comes back, put up John 15 and verse 16, and you're going to see this. You're going to see this. Your eyes are about to open so big, it's going to be like, oh my God, that's been in this Bible my whole life. You did not choose me. Adam didn't choose God. Adam didn't create himself. It is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. Right? Psalm 100. So, you didn't choose me, Jesus says, but I chose you and then appointed you or ordained you or blessed you that you should go and bear fruit. Now, people all of a sudden make this about winning souls. He doesn't say anything about winning souls. He, he, didn't, he never mentioned winning souls in the scripture. But people, because of religion, limit this to winning souls. He said, no, go bear fruit. Go produce. And that what you produce, unlike Adam, should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. How was Adam supposed to produce? Uh, I need this. He's going to speak. Boom. 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 That's how Adam's going to produce. All Adam Adam had to say was, I need another bay over here. I need a gulf over here. I need a mountain. Uh, My my wife doesn't like how this this region is decorated. Uh, She said, we need some pink flowers. I I just, boom, pink flowers, just whatever. So here we are. He brings us back into friendship with God, with Jesus himself, and now whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now, when you see that may, don't think like might, like it's possible. It it means will. um, In other words, the friendship is what allows him. That word may is allow. So that, that friendship now allows him to give it to you. Without that friendship, he could not give it to you like that. But when you and I are now in friendship with God, this is what is man, what is man, what is man, what is man. We are friends with God, so now, whatever we say, God, we need this over here. God, I need this land over here back in the kingdom of God. God, I need that bone straightened out. God, I need that tendon healed right there. I'm talking about you. This is what I'm going to deal with Wednesday and Thursday night in the healing school about us as believers understanding who we are, that we are called not just to pray for people, but to heal people. When Jesus Christ sent his disciples out, he didn't say go pray for the sick. He said go heal the sick. This is what friends can do. Friends go in the name of their friend. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is what God's called you to do. Alright. So what is man? So we're his friends, and we are a call and appointed to go and bear fruit. We can now be fruitful. Now go back to Genesis 1:26 to 28. Let's let's do this one last piece and then we'll quit. We'll quit. Hallelujah. Then God said, let's make man in our own image and our own likeness. Let them have dominion over. Everything. Can I just summarize that and say everything? Now, that's the command to man. Jesus Christ as friends reestablished that for us. Everybody say dominion. Dominion. Now, in Psalm number 8, we read this. Start back in Psalm number 8, verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained, what is man? that you are mindful of him, and the Son of Man, that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, than Elohim, that's of God himself, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 6, remember his question is, what is man? Verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Okay, this is exactly what, Jesus, what God had established in Genesis 1.28. So man, we are in dominion over this earth. This earth is not supposed to be in dominion over us. So when you and I see a weather pattern forming, tropical storm is forming, we're not supposed to just say, wow, best better just hunker down because we're about to get pummeled. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus Christ would have done. Matter of fact, he was on the boat with his friends and showed his friends how they operate. He said to them, where is your faith? I'm going to throw this in. Friends. This is how we operate. No, command that storm, Cease. We stop. You see? Because we have been given what the Bible calls dominion. Everybody say dominion. 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 Now, let's go to one last verse here before we quit today. So we have dominion, right? Stay in Psalm number 49. I'm going to stay in Psalms, rather. Go to Psalm number 49. Psalm number 49. It's the last place. This is all your bottom can handle today. Psalm 49, verse 5. We have dominion. Now I'll deal with this dominion more in the next the next time. Okay? I just want to show you this here. What we have that we that Jesus Christ reestablished for us through friendship. Remember, he said servants don't know what their masters are doing. Servants have no dominion. Did y'all catch that? Servants have no dominion. Servants only serve. So to be in dominion, he couldn't leave us as servants. And the problem in the body of Christ is we are, we are, we are such servant-minded people. I'm not talking about service-minded. It's going to be service-minded to serve, but we are, we are still living as servants and not living as sons and as friends of God. And therefore, we live substandard lives. Therefore, we ask God to do everything. <laughs> we ask God to do everything. And God is saying, oh my goodness, I gave you dominion. Why are you, why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me about this? Handle it. This is the same thing that happened when in, in 2 Corinthians 12 when Apostle Paul talked about how he was being buffeted. He had this thorn in his flesh. This messenger of Satan that was buffeting him. Y'all remember this story here? And he, the Bible says he prayed to God three times, God, take this thing away from me. And the Bible says God didn't, didn't say anything. It didn't say anything. It 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 never said God said no. It just said, he said three times, I asked God, and there was nothing until God, what God finally said was, my grace is sufficient for you. My ability gift that I have given you is sufficient for you. So use the dominion I already gave you and you handle it. Stop asking me to do your job. Oh, y'all better catch that. Stop asking me to do your job. You handle it. Oh, Lord, we're asking you. Oh, we sure need some help down here, Lord. No, shut up. Backtrack and say, in the name of Jesus. I use the dominion and authority that Father God has given to me and I command demons to flee. I command those bodies to be healed. I command viruses to die. I command storms to cease because that's my dominion. Y'all got it? Let me read my scripture here because I'm out of time. Psalm 49. Psalm 49, verse 5. Says, why should I fear in the days of evil? Are these days of evil? When the iniquity at my heels surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother. In other words, money can't redeem you from trouble like that. Nor give to God a ransom for him. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to drop all the way down to verse 13. Now, let me, let me, let me go down to verse 10. I got to read it. I got to read it. Y'all, y'all got two extra minutes. For he sees wise men die. Wise men, natural wise men die. Likewise, the fool and the senseless, senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To the righteous. Their inner thought, their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. This is how the world thinks. Their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Oh, this is Casa, Casa Smith, you know, Casa de Towns or whatever. You know, they're going to name everything after themselves. He says, verse 12, nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beast that perish. This is the way of those, verse 13, who are what? Foolish. Foolish and of their posterity, who approve their sayings. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. Now, he's talking about, talking about the wicked here. Now, watch the end of this verse. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Oh, my God. The upright shall have dominion over the wicked in the morning. Now the world, oh my goodness, they've got it going on. And God told us, do not be moved by the world. They can only dream of what I have for you. Don't fret yourself. You read all of Psalm 37. And it says, don't fret yourself because of evildoers. Don't be moved by the workers of of iniquity. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and withers the green herb. In other words, all the things that they have in the world, they're going to pass away and fade away. But those of you who are the meat, you're going to inherit the earth. Now, notice what it says here. This is what we'll close here. It says, The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. Now, go back. This, This is the last verse. I just need verse 14 here. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Everybody say, In the morning. Now we know from Genesis chapter 1 several times the evening and the morning are the first day. The evening and the morning are the second day. The evening and the morning the third day. So in God's scope of things evening comes before morning. In our natural mind the day starts in the morning. But on God's clock the day starts in the evening. The evening and the morning. So it says that the righteous we're gonna have dominion over them in the morning. So that means in the darkness, the wicked have been running things. I'm done right here. This this way you gotta see what's going on in our in our earth. Up until a certain time. The wicked have been running things. They've been ruling all the systems. They've been ruling all the finances. They've been running the show. But it's because that's been evening. The wicked operate at night. They love, the Bible says, they they love the darkness. Because their works are exposed by the light. So the way God works is in the nighttime, they've been running everything, but somebody say the morning is coming. coming. And in the morning, the Bible says the upright shall have dominion over them. So what's happening in the world right now? Let me help you right now. You're looking at the world, what's going on? Pandemic and and systems are crashing and furloughs and businesses are closing down and industries are shutting down and things are being flipped and everything's going haywire. Yes, because the clock is changing. We're moving from the evening to the morning. We're moving from the time where the wicked have been in control, the wicked have been running a show, and God said, I'm raising up my people, my righteous ones, my faithful ones who did not quit in the nighttime. The Bible says that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning so your night comes before your morning glory to God so it may be trouble it may be hard it may be dark right now it may be all evil around you right now but the morning is coming and joy is coming in the morning God told us a few weeks ago something big is coming and it's the morning time it's the joy time it's a time of our dominion that we're gonna walk in what is man If you're born again, if you're born of the Spirit, you're a friend of God, and it's about time for you to dominate. You're about to be given large money, large territory, large work, and major responsibility. Large money, large territory, large work, and major responsibility. The wicked have had the large money and the large territory and the large work, but it's being shifted because it's a new time. Oh my God. Your Bible says, at home you can stand up, I'm closing. It says this in Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So notice the sun isn't up at night, doesn't shine at night. But once it peaks, once the dawn happens, it shines brighter unto the perfect day or until the perfection of the day. So it's been rough at night. They used to say in the world, all the bigger freaks come out at night. It's been a freak show. It's been a freak show for thousands of years because the wicked have been running the night. But God's people, if you've been faithful, he's raising us up now because we're going to rule this new morning. So yes, things are falling apart all around us. The devil, I heard Apostle Durba teaching Friday night, the devil's a gambler. He's also a sucker because he, he played his hand wrong. He doesn't know he's messing with blood-bought, mercy-sought, blood-washed children of God who know in whom we have believed, who are not going to throw the towel in because it's nighttime and it's hard when the wicked are all around us when evil is all at our feet. Nope, nope, I've got a promise from God. Something big is on the way. God's got to do something in my life and in the body of Christ that's going to rock this world. So get your eyes off of what you see. Get your eyes off all this evil that's in the world. Get your eyes off all the foolishness that's going on and put your eyes on the things of God. He is raising us up to rule, to have dominion. That's why you have to allow him to stretch you. That's why you have to allow him to increase your capacity to receive. That's why in this hour, we've got to lose focus on that world and all the distractions of the world they said the president is about to ban TikTok. That might be good. Because people can get stuck watching TikTok all day long. I never I really never looked at TikTok. I, I never, I've never watched a TikTok, didn't know about it, until I heard him talking about the president might ban it. So I, I, I Googled TikTok. And it came up and I saw, I got stuck for about 15 minutes watching TikTok videos. <laughs> like, wow, I didn't know this was even out there. This is, this is wild. I'm like, what? I just wasted 10, 15 minutes of my time on, on dumb stuff. See, the devil wants to keep us in the natural and keep us from walking in the supernatural. If you're born of the spirit, you're spirit. Then Can we put John 3.8 on the screen one more time, last time? At home, I want you to to soak this. I want you to take a picture of your television if you have to. Check this out. Some of you, you want to move. You want to move into a new job, a new home. You want to move into a different career, a different industry. You're going to move into a different way of life. I'm talking about better. I just don't know how or I don't have what it takes or people going to try to stop me. If nobody likes me, nobody's going to help me. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. If you're born of the Spirit, you can go where you wish. and You'll shock people when you get there where you come from. And they won't be able to shackle you when you, when you get ready to go. Because we're supposed to be moving higher and higher and higher. Higher. Don't let the devil disconnect you in this season from the things of God, from your assignment, from your purpose, from your calling, from your destiny, from your responsibility that you already have you drop your responsibility, he can't trust you with larger responsibility. If you can't handle little, little small responsibility, just do this and do that, then how are you going to handle major responsibility? But God's got some people who they're ready, they're, they're positioned to handle it. Father, today thank you for the word and the revelation we've received. Thank you Father, to each person who's been a part of this uh, service, whether they've been here in the sanctuary, or they're online watching, that God, the, the anointing has done exactly what, what we asked you to do with it, Lord, which was to let this word penetrate our hearts so that it will produce in us this limitless life that you have for us to live and to prepare us for the large money, the large territory, the large work, and the major responsibility that you have assigned for our lives. You know why we were born in the earth. We were born for such a time as this. God, we didn't sneak in the earth, but you planned for us to be here in 2020. (laughs) You knew what 2020 had in store. You already had a plan of redemption, a plan of salvation, a plan of healing, a plan of victory. So now, Father, we thank you that each person will walk in and stay in the great favor you have for us, the great uh, blessings you have for our lives, that we want to let the devil steal what we have, and we won't let him make us lose what we have gained. But We don't want to be those, like it said in the word at one time, they went backward and not forward. We're not going backwards. We can't go back. We're moving forward into the things that you have for us and the things you have for us to do. Now bless today each and every person and bring forth fruit from this word we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wherever you are in the, in the, in the, in the world, you're tuning in, I pray that you're born again. If you're not born again, I want to pray for you that you'll be born again. And I have no way of